You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd. 2022. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, uh, there you have it. The MLB season has officially been postponed. Games have been canceled. Opening day uh, will, will not happen on March 31st as planned. Uh, wow. What a what a what a forty eight hours we've been through, eh? Give yourself a pat on the back, man. Give yourself a nice little pat on the back to all the you you ladies and gents out there who have who have toughed out and made it through the roller coaster that has been the last forty eight hours of Major League Baseball. Cause it's been a wild one. It's been a wild one. We're gonna spend all the first two segments of this, breaking down the last 48 hours, where the deal stands right now, where the offer stands right now, all that good stuff. And then in segment three, we'll return to our recurring Locked On segment that all the uh, the Locked On MLB hosts are doing. A fun little thing. We started last episode ranking each facet of your team compared to the rest of your division. So today we're going to be checking out the lineup, uh, where our where the Tigers lineup in 2022 projects to be compared to the rest of the AL Central. It'll be a fun little thing. But until then, we have a lockout to discuss. It's here. It's official. I mean, we've been locked out. That's not new. Uh, however, the cancellation of games has officially happened. So good job, owners. You, you, you nailed it. Great job. Um, I really, really try to find every possible angle and try to take in as much information as I can to make a decision on something. I personally find it very, very difficult to side with the owners on this and it doesn't have to be that black and white. You can think that it's a little bit the players and mostly the owners are, are 50-50 or whatnot, but I I really struggle to not put a majority, a, a large majority of this blame on the owners. Uh, every single expert and their mother has tried to tell everybody how ridiculously owner, how, how ridiculously in favor the last several CBAs have been for ownership in baseball, and when you compare it to other sports, baseball makes a lot of money. And when you compare it to other sports in North America, when you compare it to basketball, football, baseball, again, players are getting fleeced. And this isn't a new thing. This is something we've known for a couple of years now, honestly, the MLB Players Association, the union has been voicing their problems with the collective bargaining agreement and has said that they're going to take a stand and, and kind of be a little loud when uh, the one ex- this one expires. And it did, and that's what they did. 
Um, but between, there's so many different things, man, between just when these talks started. I mean, let's, let's, let's just talk about press conference to press conference, right? You have, you, you, Manfred is asked directly. He is asked, Hey, why are we, why were we just now meeting, you know, 10 days before this, arbitrary made up deadline was put in place. Why, why are you just now meeting 10 days before that? And his response, and and then the reporter was like, why didn't you guys meet, you know, like three months ago? And Manfred's response was non-existent. His response was, well, in the last 10 days, we've, uh, we've been here and we've been ready. So yeah, we, we know that I, I said that in the question, actually, that was admitted. Great job. Uh, proud of you for that. But like, what about the th- last three months? And then his response was literally just, well, we've been here for 10 days. Great. Awesome. Good for you, Rob. Uh, and, and when the players made it abundantly clear that they have been ready to negotiate, they have been trying to negotiate, and, and been on call since the day after the lockout started, December 2nd or 3rd or whatever, Three months ago, made it abundantly clear with with quite a bit of evidence to, to, to hold weight in that. So it's it everything's a negotiation tactic with the owners, man. Everything. 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 Waiting till the last second. Puts a little pressure on them. Makes them think, okay, we gotta, we we got we gotta accept this, right? How about the fact that Last night, the owners were were telling all Major League Baseball's beat writers to go tweet out that that a deal that progress was being made and a deal was close to being done. And one yard line, we're rounding third base. All these metaphors. And then we wake up this morning, and oh my goodness, we're nowhere close to a deal. We don't know what happened. It's the players' fault. We don't know what what could have happened. We were so close to a deal last night. We even extended our imaginary unicorn land made up deadline just so that the players could could not have to miss season time because we thought we were that close on getting a deal. And then every single player in this game <laughs> spoke out and said, you know what, that's a load. That is not even remotely true. Uh, we, we, we were not that close to a deal last night. Progress was made, but we were under the impression that the extension was made so that we could keep making progress. Not that anyone thought a deal was happening because we, we were never close. It was all unanimous decline still, but we were taking big strides in the right direction. So basically MLB again, negotiation tactic. It's all mind games. It's all okay. Well, if we just if if we if we can get the fans to be against the players, if we can try and pin this against the players from the fans' perspective, that'll motivate them to want to accept the deal more, right? Because because right now everybody hates us. And if we can just make it seem like, oh, it's actually the players' fault. There was a there was a change of tone, everyone. There was a change of tone. You guys don't get it. Last night's tone, that was great. Some, some, a nice little B flat. It was beautiful. 
We were harmonizing. And then we woke up today and they were just crabby. I don't know if they didn't have their coffee or what, but the tone changed. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, it's all, it's all BS. All of it is crap. All of it. All of it. Everything they say is just not true. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable, man. And they have all the resources in the world to keep pushing whatever narrative they want because they're Major League Baseball. People, people talking, people, people talking wild on, on, on the Bird app, on the timeline, right, and talking about, oh well, I don't know, the MLB Network saying all this stuff that really makes it sound like it's, it's the players. And, and I tweeted this, but I was like, I, I hope you're sitting down. You are not going to believe. Who funds MLB Network? You're not going to believe it, man. Shockingly, the people who fund Major League Baseball Network is, in fact, Major League Baseball. I know it's crazy, but that that is how it works. And we've actually seen firsthand that if somebody speaks out against the workings of MLB and is a long-time Decade-long time, decades-long time reporter for the sport, but speaks out against it, the MLB network will chop them and eliminate them from their network. So, if you think that if, if, if you want to watch MLB network and you want to trust a network that quite literally fires people that disagree with ownership and with Manfred, I, you know, I, I don't really know what to tell you. It's not really a discussion that can be had between us because we're, we're just never, I, that, that's not a conversation worth having. We're never going to see eye to eye on it. We'll get into kind of the inner workings of how far apart they are and the exact numbers on everything after I tell y'all about betonline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball's in full steam for pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball either. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody, we are back here for our second segment at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. MLB baseball won't be played, but MILB, all set and ready to roll, baby. Support your minor league teams, man, for real. They they deserve it. They need it much more than, than MLB players do. Support your minor league teams. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a cause that everyone can get behind, I think. Well, probably not because that's just how the world is. But support your minor league teams, for real. They're going to play. Your independent leagues, your minor leagues, your, your your local college teams, whatever. Still going to be baseball played this summer. Just might not be at the highest level, that's all. Okay, so we kind of talked about the craziness of the last 48 hours uh, just in the sense of 
tactics being used by both sides and and the all the I mean memes that have come out of it goodness Bob Nightingale the resurgence the resurgence of Bob Nightingale man he went from the most clowned on reporter maybe in all of sports to like the most trusted source for lockout updates um and then we learn today that he was kind of played like a fiddle man MLB played him like a fiddle to get all of our hopes up. Really sad. That's the dog, though. Shout out Bob Nightingale. You had a hell of a weekend, baby. You had a hell of a weekend. This was your breakout game. We're all proud of you. We're all proud of you, big dog. All right? So, crazy 48 hours. Uh, Monday night alone, MLB Twitter took over all of social media. It was an absolute madhouse. Twitter spaces left and right. Uh, hashtags all over the place, people fighting with people, people laughing with people. Uh, it was, it was a complete madhouse to, to the extent that, uh, we have rarely seen before in MLB Twitter. And then Tuesday rolls around. We, we start seeing the writing on the wall as the day gets more and more. Oh, optimism's fading. It's all the players fault. Look at this. This is so weird. And then we hit 5 p.m., which was the extended deadline, and not a real deadline, by the way, and it is donezo. MLB says that they are offering their final offer. Their final offer includes a pre-arbitration pool of $30 million, a minimum salary of $700,000, a playoff pool of 12 teams, a draft lottery, that includes the bottom five teams. Um, they're still very part, far apart on a lot of these issues. Draft lottery, at least two teams. Um, playoff pool, that was another interesting one. So the big debate was really between 12 and 14 teams. I know everybody kind of likes 10, but everything has to be about money. And the fact of the matter is, playoff games make p- owners a bleep load of money like an ignorant amount of cash so the owners just want to make the playoffs as big as possible even if it does taint the um validity of being a quote-unquote playoff team that's irrelevant to them because fans will sell out a stadium and buy millions in concessions uh in, in a night if millions in concessions at a night is a gross exaggeration, but I mean, thousands and thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars in a night, uh, between tickets, you can make tickets as expensive as you want. They make an unfathomable amount of money in one night when you have playoff games. So owners want as many as possible to many teams as possible in the postseason. Uh, Whereas the players fear for that is that the postseason gets too big. Baseball is such a random sport that when, I mean, we've seen so many wild, the giants alone in the last decade have had, or 12 years, I guess now, goodness, I'm getting old, uh, have had wild card runs. And so teams will be like, Oh, well, if we can just sneak into the postseason." We don't need to drop a bag. We don't need to drop, you know, push the luxury tax 
and uh, and and spend two hundred ten fifteen million dollars just to to put a winning product on the field. If we can make the postseason at five hundred, and then just hope we have a lucky magical run that people will talk about for the end of time. You know what I mean? So players want to keep it a little bit smaller. Owners want it bigger. The owners gave the players two different offers. They basically gave them a 14-team deal, 14-team playoff deal, that gave them a lot closer to what they actually wanted, and then a 12-team playoff deal that had them very far away from what the players wanted on every single other issue. And that was their negotiation tactic, and the players said, screw it, we're going to hold our ground on this, we're going to go to 12 and try and work our way back up. And clearly it did not work before the owner's self-induced deadline. Um, so now here we are. So that was one of them, postseason. Uh, the other one, the pre-arbitration pool. The owner's best and final offer, quote-unquote, which is another complete load of BS. That is not even... This is not their last offer. <laughs> they're they're going to offer more. Last of the week, I mean, maybe, I, I guess, but... Then Manford went out and even said, he's like, we didn't use that phrasing. Well, you you told all your writers to. So <laughs> it's just all about in, interpretation, negotiation. It's all BS, man. All of it. So frustrating. Um, so the pre-arbitration pool that we've discussed the ins and out of multiple times over this lockout, the owner's last offer was $30 million, and the player's the union's lowest offer up to this point is still 85 with 5 million added on to that every single year of the CBA. So they're still very far apart on that minimum player salary. They are still at least 25 K off on, which I, I know in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about pre-arbitration pools that are 50 million off and stuff, why are they so stingy on this 25k of minimum salary uh it's gonna take a better man than me to to answer that question um i think it's absolutely preposterous that people worth one two three four billion dollars uh are are putting their foot down and and not wanting to, to to raise minimum salaries from 700k to 725k is what the players wanted it's asinine um Draft lottery we already talked about. And then the big one is still luxury tax. Luxury tax, the owner's final offer was at $220 million, which is a slight improvement uh, by a few million dollars over what it was last year. Uh, but the players still want it to be at $230, $235 million and going up incrementally every season of the CBA as well. Whereas the owner's offer was, we wanted at two hundred twenty million for the next like four years, and then the fifth year of the CBA will give you like five mil. But the first three or four years, it was something like that. Uh, it's it's not moving from twenty, and the players obviously want a, a gradual incline. Um, so the only other thing they seem to agree on is that for the C, for the luxury tax. Uh, it seems as if the rates being the same is pretty okay with everybody as far as how, what percentage you're getting taxed every dollar you go over the, uh, the, the luxury tax. So I, I guess that's something, 
but it's it's not for as much as we were were bamboozled and led to believe that this was actually something that that could feasibly be done before the self-imposed deadline uh it, it does not appear if that we are actually very close and so here we are and that's all we're going to talk about as far as the lockout goes that's it donezo we're done um i'm tired of it you're tired of it i'm pretty fed up and the in the present moment as i'm sure we all are so we're done okay we're gonna move on to pretending like there's gonna be a lot of baseball played this season <laughs> to, to hide the pain all right but first i gotta tell you all about bill bar it's the time of year where a lot of people have given up on their new year's resolutions but if yours is about eating right you're not giving up this year, and that's thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because everybody, myself included, actually enjoys eating them. If you tried the puffs, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. If you haven't, you got to try it. They're going to be your new favorite. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon churro. Coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, they're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite, I guarantee it. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better anyways. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories on top of that. The most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate, cookies, and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they care about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. I also got to tell y'all about our friends over at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. You have a smartphone. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box today though that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for our third and final segment at Locked On Tigers. I think I've only said Tigers today. I don't think I I'm recording this right after the Red Wings game, but I'm pretty sure I've only said Locked On Tigers. I'm going to sound really, really dumb if I've accidentally said Red Wings now, even more so than I already would just by saying the wrong name. I'm going to look even worse now because I'm kind of calling myself out, but I'm pretty sure 
I've only said Tigers today. Uh, so we are doing this fun thing uh, at the Locked On Network. All the MLB hosts are going and ranking every facet, every area of their team. They have st- uh, between starting rotation, lineup, bullpen, manager, defense, and then overall. And you're ranking them compared to your division. So we're taking a look at the Tigers and how they stack up in all those different facets against the AL Central. Today we're going to be talking lineup. We did starting pitching on Monday's show, talking lineup today. And I, I, I'm i going to be honest, I think, I think we're probably still third. We might be second, but I think we're probably still third. We'll get out of the way again. We'll, we'll do this the same way as, as we did Monday's show. So top and bottom, I think, are pretty solidified and pretty comfortably the Royals are fifth, and the White Sox are first. I don't think there's too much for a, a debate for either of those two. The White Sox have a great lineup. Tim Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, Grandal, who I love. That's a dog that knows how to get on base, baby. Let me tell you. Uh, Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez. Uh, I mean, Adam, even Adam Engel a little bit. Not horrible, right? Like They, they have a really good, and, and not only that, but a really deep lineup. So uh, as much as it pains me to say, I don't like giving any of these teams credit, right? I don't like any of our division rivals, I'm going to be honest. Uh, the White Sox, I think, are pretty comfortably at the top. The Royals being at the bottom, uh, for me, it's between the Royals and the Guardians. The The Royals have, re- I mean, it's it's a weak lineup, man. Like Whit Merrifield's one of your best hitters, and that's like a like a low 700s OPS hitter at this point in his career. Unless he's playing against the Tigers, then he turns into Barry Bonds in in a short second baseman's body. It's unbelievable. Anyway, uh, so so you have, I mean, Merrifield Benintendi had, had, was was okay, um, but I'm I'm not sure anybody's expecting Benintendi to have a 850 OPS. And he's, you know, probably their cleanup hitter next year. Bobby Witt Jr., that'll be super fun. Uh, He's still young. I I don't think we're expecting the Bobby Witt Jr. of, like, his ceiling to be reached next year, where where a lot of people think he can be really, really good. Um, I mean, Hunter Dozier, I guess. Like, that's a mid-700s OPS guy. Uh, I mean, Michael Taylor's probably going to be an everyday starter and that, I mean, that, that tells you really all you need to know. All they got is Salvador Perez and even Salvi. I am not a huge Salvador Perez is going to be an incredible hitter again, going forward guy. Uh, I think it was just kind of a, a fluky year and, and yes, it, admittedly, it does have to do with the fact that he doesn't draw very many walks, doesn't have a great on base percentage. Um, he had a phenomenal slugging percentage last year, obviously had a, had a phenomenal year when it comes to hitting home runs. Uh, but I, I, I mean, even with all the homers, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think Salvador Perez can, can maintain that. I don't think that's a replicable year. So I, I, I have pretty comfortably the, the, well, maybe not comfortably in fifth. Cause I don't think the guardians are very good either. But I do have the Royals in five, the White Sox in one. I have the Guardians then at four. And the only thing saving the Guardians from being from being four and not five is J Ram and Franmil. 
J-Ram is a perennial MVP candidate. He's going to be in that MVP conversation year in and year out. One of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, going to flirt with a, a 900 OPS, give or take probably 20 points. He's a, he, he's a, he's a phenomenal hitter. One of the premier hitters in this game. Um, and I, 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 as much as a tiger killer as he is, I, I love me some J-Ram. So there is nobody on the Royals roster that even comes remotely close to the offensive prowess of, of Fran Meal, nonetheless, J-Ram. And Fran Meal's their cleanup hitter probably. Or maybe they go J-Ram 2 and Fran Meal 3. That might make more sense uh, with how the game's played today. Um, but but Fran Meal, another guy, not going to hit for a fantastic average. Not the the highest walk rate in the world, but walks enough to for you know pushing 40 home runs that he does in a healthy season. Uh, Fran Meal, Fran Meal's a dog, and he is again nobody in the Royals lineup even comes close to touching those two guys. So to me, it doesn't really matter that the other seven dudes in the in the Guardians lineup are barely going to OPS 700, right? Like I, like the rest of this lineup is horrid. I mean, it is. Uh, you're, you're talking about your third best hitter being who? Bobby Bradley? Ahmad Rosario, I guess, would probably have to be it. It's, it's not a very good lineup. But they got two all-star caliber hitters. The Royals uh, maybe don't have the floor of the Guardians, but don't have anywhere even close to uh, anybody hitting at that level. So then the debate really just comes between two and three, and that's between the Twins and the Tigers. And look, I the Twins pitching rotation we talked about is brutal. Their, their rotation next season is going to be rough, man. They have pretty much no starting pitching at this point. But their line, they re-signed Buxton, and I know everybody's going to make the joke, oh, well, Buxton's not going to play a full season. Ha-ha. Well, we have to presume as if everybody is going to be healthy. So, this is still a lineup that features Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton, Polanco, Donaldson, Kepler, Mitch Garver had a good year last year. Uh, even Kirilov was solid. I mean, this is this is still a even with the loss of Nelson Cruz, still a very very solid lineup when it comes to names. It has the potential to to I mean, I would say honestly even be the the best lineup in this division. This is still a a really solid offensive lineup. It's just their pitching is really rough, uh, which is the exact opposite problem of the Guardians, who have a horrible lineup but are one of the premier pitching factories, if not the premier pitching factory in all of Major League Baseball. So kind of two ends of the coin there on on the the second ranked and fourth ranked that I have. And I think the Tigers slide in really nice there at three. We we know the lineup. We don't have to do an in-depth crazy thing uh, breaking down the lineup. But, I mean, Baez, huge addition. Grossman had a good year. Candelario's had two solid seasons in a row, even though one of them was only 60 games. Uh, Scopey's back. And then you're adding Torkelson and Green, presumably. Uh, Badu, obviously, breakout last season. and, and it, it just feels really, as far as ceilings and floors go, I, I think that uh, this is comfortably a better lineup 
then Cleveland, and then Kansas City. But I, I think that it has the potential to be maybe the number two lineup in this division next season. But I, I think if we're playing it safe, I think it pretty nicely slides in there at three, which means that I have the Tigers as the third best rotation and the third best lineup in the AL Central. So there you have it. We'll get into to the rest of the facets as we continue this cool series later this week. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. Okay. There's our show. Uh, we got... We're, we're going to, games are starting to get chopped, man. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride going forward. It's going to be a wild ride. So buckle up, baby. Thank you guys for, for rocking with me. Thanks for, uh, going through this wild ride with me. It has been rocky. It will probably get rockier before it gets better, but it will get better at some point. We will all, we will all have baseball soon. We will. And if you have anything you want to hear on the show, feel free to slide into my DMs at Bentley Scotty. Slide into the show's DMs at Locked On Tigers. You can tweet at either of us if you want it to be public. I don't care. If you if you want something featured on the show, we're gonna have time. We're gonna have time to talk about other stuff, man. We're we're gonna. Because <laughs> this thing's not ending anytime soon. This lockout. So uh, we'll, we will definitely be covering the minor league teams for the Tigers when that season starts up as we did even last season with the Tigers playing. So we'll have a lot more of a microscope on the, the players this season uh, at the beginning of the year, at least we can do more college stuff. I'm, I'm watching college baseball every day. We can do more college baseball stuff. If you'd like, uh, we had some people today talk about maybe some history stuff, some, some throwback kind of look back in, in the history of the Tigers stuff. Uh, maybe even some KBO, some Japanese league stuff. I mean, we can, we can really have fun with it, man. And, and so whatever, whatever you guys think would be kind of a fun thing, baseball related to talk about, let me know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. We're going to have some fun times here and we're going to keep the ball rolling. We're still going to be producing content. We're still going to be, uh, we're, we're still going to be balling as Brian and I say on lockdown Red Wings, we ball baby, regardless, we ball for real though. Thank you guys for continuing to come back, continuing to support. It means the absolute world to me, even in this this trying time. Um, yeah, peace and love. Going to therapy's dope, baby. Going to therapy's dope. Take care of your mentals. And we will see you on Friday. Go Tigers, baby.